0: Up a little bit. Praise the Lord, Abundant Life. Good morning. Lord. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm sure you're all rested since so we got another hour of sleep. Amen. Let's pray and get started. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to sit at your feet. Father, we come with many needs in our lives. We need your touch. We need your guidance. We need your strength. We need your anointing to do the things that you are calling us to do. Father, I pray right now that as you has appointed this time for me to share your word, that you would strengthen me in my body, in my heart, and in my mind. Take control of my mouth. Allow me to speak only the words that you have for me to share. And Father, through your power, through your anointing, I pray that ears will hear, that eyes will see, what the spirit is trying to say to us and Lord I pray that through it all that you will be glorified the enemy will be horrified and your people will be edified in Jesus name we pray amen we are continuing the Nehemiah project I'll be concluding this message uh today. I have really been enjoying it myself, just in my time of study, and, and then even as I prepare to share, there's been many things the Lord has sit, uh, shared through me that I didn't even plan to say. But they ministered to my heart as well. And so I thank God for this opportunity and I pray that many of you have been blessed as a result of it. As we looked at this Nehemiah series, we said that it demonstrates the sin of Israel and their failure to follow God's commands and decrees, which led to the breaking down of the walls of, uh, of Jerusalem. But although this is a passage and a case study that show God's correction, it's also a story of God's restoration plan. The people of Judah and the city of Jerusalem we're in a terrible condition, but the Lord God had a plan. And so we established in the prior weeks that you may be in a place where you're going through a crisis, where you're going through a predicament, and you see no way out. Perhaps some walls are broken in your lives, financially, emotionally, spiritually relationally, but if we put it in God's hands and we seek God's plan, he will restore what's broken in our lives as well. Amen? Amen. For his word tells us in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans that are for your good, not for evil to give you a hope and a future I'm just laying the basis so that as you hear some of the things that I'm saying that you know that is rooted in God's word in Romans 8:28, he says for we know that in everything God works for the good of those who love Him." meaning you can be going through something and things don't look good things don't feel good but God is working something out And he's working it out according to his plan. Today that brings us to chapter 4. And we're going to look at how Nehemiah effectively dealt and overcame opposition. Because as you and I seek to rebuild walls in our lives, we too will re- uh, encounter opposition. And I said last week that you can't fight spiritual battles with worldly Weapons, And so how do God want us to deal with opposition? We discovered that there were certain biblical principles that Nehemiah executed consistently, diligently in that process. And we're going to revisit a few of those as we move forward. Because opposition is not something that you prepare for at the time it arrives. I gave the example last week that if you talk to people who run a marathon, if you're going to run a 10K marathon, if you talk to some of the experts, they will tell you you need to practice and train six to nine months before the race. You can't sign up. Work out on the weekend or work out just a couple days before the race and expect to finish that race. There's time that you need to build your strength. You need to build your endurance. You have to have the proper nutrition. You have to exercise, a little bit of weight training, and you have to run. What are you saying, Pastor? Um, what I'm saying is in order to run that race, you've got to build new habits, new routines, implement new disciplines in your life that would allow you to finish the race. Well, you and I today are also in a Christian race. And if we are to rebuild the walls in our lives, if we are to become the child of God the Lord desires us to become, there are some new habits, some new spiritual disciplines, some new nutrition, that we gotta feed on, in order to finish that race. Amen. So, the first principles we looked at was we saw repentance. We saw how Nehemiah repented. He realized that he needed to follow God's plan, and he repented for the past of his for his sins as well as the sins of his father and those in Jerusalem. And then he went. We covered intercessory prayer. That's the next biblical principle that we saw, intercessory prayer, praying on behalf of others, praying for ourselves. And then last week we talked about abiding in Christ, abiding in Christ. What did that mean? The other translation says remain. And so I had created a little outline. Those of you who are in growth groups, you actually probably went through that outline uh, this past week. Uh, I asked Sister Monique, we put together another one that's really nice. Uh, if you email me at the church or if you wait a little while, I'll make some copies and that'll be available for you. Because h- here's the principle behind this. I know this may feel a little juvenile. See, my background is a youth pastor. And when I minister to young people, I always had an outline. You say, why? Because I wanted young people, they only come to church one, one day out of the week. And so I wanted young people to be able to study God's word during the week. I wanted them to hear the message and then go back and do a little bit of homework. Amen? And so I wanted to provide them something as a manual so they could just go through. The scriptures would be here so the truth can get down inside of them. See, I'm not interested in people just coming to hear a good message. I don't preach to entertain anybody. To be honest with you, I have a little stage fright. I don't like speaking in front of people. But I have a desire for people to hold on to God's word and understand his truth. And so I'm a a teacher that says, you you, you know the principle that says if you give someone a fish, they eat for a day. But if you teach them how to fish, they eat for a lifetime. I desire for those who come and hear me preach at Abundant Life to learn how to eat for themselves. That you don't have to depend on someone to preach to you. You can get into the word yourself. So that you can discover your gifts. Amen? Because God God has given every believer a gift to edify the body. Not just preachers. You guys have gifts that I wish I had. But let, let everyone carry their own cross. Amen? All right, so that outline will be available. Because I want you to get into the practice of abiding in Christ. And you say, why? Why is that important? Let's look at the passage here. John 15, verse 4 through 11. He says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do anything. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted when you produce much fruit you are my disciples and this brings great glory to my father i have loved you even as the father has loved me remain in my love when you obey my commands you remain in my love just as i obeyed my father's commandments and remain in his love i have told you these things so that you will be filled with great joy yes your joy Will overflow that's a promise it is the will of God for his children to grow in the knowledge of his word and to understand his ways and for us to walk by faith for it's essential for us to fulfill God's plans in our lives the fourth point I want to introduce today is resilient faith resilient Faith. Let's everybody say that together. Not just a little bit of faith, but resilient faith. Let's look at chapter 4. We're going to read a few verses here. Chapter 4 of Nehemiah. It'll be on the screen as well. Sam Ballant was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and insulted and mocked us and laughed at us. And so did his friends and the Samaritan army officers. What does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they are doing? He scoffed. Do they think they can build the wall in a day? if they can offer uh, enough sacrifices and look at the charred stones they are pulling out of the rubbish and using again. See, the enemy uses ridicule, mockery to discourage the child of God when you are working on God's plans for your lives. But I believe that Nehemiah and them had the ability to keep going. You say, why? Because they didn't take their eyes off of God and start getting in the natural to fight the people that was accusing them, the sand ballots. They didn't do that. I believe they understood a passage that's in Matthew chapter 17 when Jesus says, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, You can say to this mountain, move, go there, and it will move, for nothing is impossible for our God. See, when you know God's word, you won't jump in the flesh when people try to discourage you for what you're doing in your life. Let me bring that home a little bit. Let's say to some of you at your job, you have people who you may feel be plotting against you or talk behind your back. Somebody is devising some kind of plan to hurt you. In our flesh, we would want to go talk to people. We would have fear. We don't think that God has our back. Let me show you what God would do if we would abide in him. In verse 3, Tobiah, who was standing beside him, also remarked, he says, even if a fox walked along the top of that wall, it would collapse. Now, remember, they had charred rubble talking about they were going to build a wall. If you didn't have faith, you say, well, it is a little flimsy. I see where they're coming from. It's really not that strong. But when you have resilient faith, you don't walk by sight. You walk by what? You walk by faith. Look at what Nehemiah did in verse 4. Nehemiah heard what he said. But Nehemiah says, But then I prayed, Hear us, O Lord, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back upon their own heads, and may, them, may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their sin. Do not blot it out, for they have despised you. Nehemiah understood his position. They're not mocking at me. I'm doing God's will. I'm working on God's plan. And he says, and in despising us who are building your wall, he had an understanding of who he was in Christ and what he was doing and who he was doing it for. He says, at last the wall was completed to half its original height. They've made some progress, but there was still work for them to do. Now watch what the enemy try to do. But when Sabalat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the uh, Ammonites and the Ashadites heard that the work was going right ahead, despite of their ridicule, despite of their mockery, when they heard that the people of God was still working and that the breaks in the wall was being repaired, They became furious. They plotted to lead an army against Jerusalem to bring about riots and confusion. Have you ever had your enemy plot against you to cause confusion on your job, cause confusion in a relationship? They said they plotted against them. Verse 9, let's look at Nehemiah's response. He didn't tell nobody off. He didn't point his finger at people and tell them, this says the Lord. He didn't get in his flesh. He says, but we prayed. See, the first time, Nehemiah prayed. The second time, the people prayed with him. He said, but we prayed to our God, and we guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. They prayed and they would continue to be resilient. They were taking a stand. Then, some of the leaders began complaining that the workmen were becoming tired and that there was so much rubble to be removed and it could never get done just by themselves. It shows you sometimes people can be in different places. Some have resilient faith. And Psalm wasn't quite there yet. We are all in a work of progress in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. But regardless of where we are, we are included in God's plan. Amen. He says, meanwhile, our enemies were planning to swoop down upon us and kill us thus ending our work. Look how the enemy turned up the heat. First they was just mocking them. Now they plotting to kill them. Verse 12, he says, And whenever the workers who live in the nearby cities went, out, went home for a visit, our enemies tried to talk to them, t- tried to talk them out of returning to Jerusalem. We got to be careful the people we let get in our ear. Amen. We got to be careful to the voices that we listen to. I know we got friends and they may not be strong in their faith and all of that. But when you're going through something, when you're trying to build God's plan, you got to be very careful who you let speak into your life. You can listen to them and say, thank you. You don't got to talk about them, but it's like chewing gum. You can chew it and spit it out. If it's not consistent with the word, let it go. And see, that's harder than others because some of those can be a significant other. It could be a parent. It could be someone who you dearly love. But you've got to put them in their rightful place when it comes to your relationship with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let me find my place. Verse 13, he says, so I placed armed guards from each family in the cleared spaces behind the wall. Look at what's happening. Because he was going to God in each situation, God has given him wisdom on how to handle the situation. God is imparting into him the ability to call forth wisdom and exercise leadership for the vision and the plan that God has called for them verse 14. Then I looked over the situation. I called together the leaders and the people and said to them, don't be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. Fight for your friends, for your families, and for your home. I want to encourage somebody who's going through it today. Don't be afraid. Remember the Lord is great and glorious. Meaning he's bigger than the current crisis and situation that you're going through. He has a plan. And whatever you're going through, it's not like he hasn't dealt with it before. He's used to that. He's good at that. Amen? And in verse 15, he says, Our enemies learned that we were aware of a plot. Meaning the enemy realized they wasn't running. Sometimes the enemy would send wolf tickets, hopefully that you would scatter. I don't know about you guys, but in my growing up, we had people in our neighborhood, that you know, they wanted to be tough. And sometimes they would test you to see how tough you are. And they would sell wolf tickets, meaning they say, after school, me and you. I'm going to get you. Now, at that time, I grew up, I didn't have brothers and sisters. I didn't have somebody that I could lean on to help me out. But my uncle heard me talking to my mother one day, because it was this big, big bully, who said, I'm going to get you. I don't even know what he was mad at me for. But I was a little scared. I didn't have resilient faith. And my uncle heard about it. My uncle tells me now he wasn't walking with the Lord. But my, <laughs> <laughs> but my uncle said, you're part of the Gerard family, and we don't run. He said, if you run, you'll be running every day of your life. It won't be him. It'll be somebody else the next time. He said, you just stand. And he said, if you don't want to fight, you don't have to fight. He said, but if you do, if you do, you get the first lick. He was telling me to have resilient faith. I can't tell the rest of the story because I wasn't there. that was my before Christ days. <laughs> and as I was standing there... Remembering what my uncle said, I took his advice by taking the first swing. It was a good lesson. Never had a fight, never had a problem after that one. Amen. If I had known the Lord, I just would have laid hands on a brother at the end of it, prayed for him, everything all good. But it didn't happen that way. God exposed The plans of the devil and he frustrated their plan so as I said earlier you may have people at the job who don't like you who are devising a plan against you you don't have to run around looking in the trash for emails and trying to find documents that people are what they're saying and all that get into your prayer closet and God will frustrate the plans of the evil people who are plotting against you God is your source You ain't got to fight with people. You ain't got to fuss with people. All you have to do is put your trust in the Lord. Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to continue to serve and do what you call me to do on the job. Let God fight your battles and he will give you victory on the job. Not just in the church, on your jobs, in your relationships. Last week I started to share a story to kind of emulate what we're talking about here and I didn't get to the good part of the story and so I want to pick that story up again. I share with you that there was a tree in the Far East called the Chinese bamboo tree and the tree is different from most other trees because it grows in a very unusual fashion. While most trees grow steadily over a period of time, the Chinese bamboo tree doesn't break ground for the first four years. Four years on the surface, nothing is happening. Let's suppose that God gave three groups, three churches, seeds, each seed was different. Each seed was according to God's plan. And let's say He gave one seed, seed A, let's call it abundant life. And He gave us the bamboo tree seed. And He told us that if you water it, if you fertilize the ground, and then if you have faith, to do what I'm telling you, that seed will grow in its due season. And he made us aware with a guarantee that it was going to grow. And then B and C, he also gave them a seed. And he had a plan according to, to how that seed was going to grow. And let's say that we all was on the same block and each week we're praying We're watering, we're fertilizing the ground. Three, five, six months later, B and C, you start seeing some little buds come out of the ground. And they're rejoicing because they see the fruit of their labor. They see the fruit of their faith. Six months, nine months, a year passed. And their trees are growing two, three feet high. Oh, they so excited they have a revival at their church. And they're telling people the seed that God gave them, and they want people to come and rejoice with them. And they got pictures of all the seeds and how the flowers, the trees are growing. But oh abundant life. (laughs) We looking at those trees. We seeing people celebrate and getting all excited, and we see things are happening. But when we look at ours. It just seemed that a year done past, something should happen. We've been doing what the Lord told us. We've been watering the seed. We've been fertilizing the ground. And we still have faith. Although it's being shaken every time we start looking at B and C. <laughs> Two years go by. Their trees are growing. It's at five and six feet tall. When Christmas come around, they're putting ornaments and stuff on their trees. <laughs> oh, they so excited. And they say, hey, abundant life. How's your seed over there going? What's going on? <laughs> Ain't too much happening. Are y'all being faithful to what God called you to do? Yeah, yeah, we've been faithful. Now, you know, C. you know, sometimes Christians have the audacity to gossip. <laughs> and they say, Lord, you would just think, I don't know what's going on there because our tree is growing. Praise the Lord. Uh, maybe we should go and have a meeting with them. Maybe we should go give them some advice. It's it's a shame. I see them going out there watering them, them poor people over there. But God bless them. What if members from Abundant Life started hearing that? It would mess with their faith. Unless they are rooted and grounded with resilient faith. Because some of the stuff they're saying is true. We're watering. We're doing stuff. But nothing is happening. Here's what we forget. We're not building what we want. We're building what God wants. And it will grow in God's time. But in the fifth year, something amazing happened. If the people can have enough faith, if the people can remember God's commands, if the people can remember what the Lord had said to them before he gave them the seed, if the leaders will continue to encourage the people to believe, in the fifth year you will see something magnificent. What happens in the fifth year? They say the bamboo tree... In the fifth year, in a matter of just five weeks, the bamboo tree can grow to 90 feet high. Surpasses the trees that's in B and C. But it was never a competition in the first place. God just wanted each group to be faithful with the seed that he planted. He didn't tell us to look over here and question this and do all that. He told you to be busy doing the the Lord's work. But in the fifth year, the tree shoots up 90 feet in the air, surpassing all. You say, what was happening in those four years when nothing seemed to be going on? God said, I was building their roots. I was making sure that their roots go deep because I had something magnificent for that church to build. Not only was I was growing it through one leader, two leaders, I was growing the body to have the capacity to reach the people that I'm calling them to reach. God knows that there are people whose lives are broken, their walls are broken, and he wants to use you and I to help restore other people. That the, the, the bamboo tree for A, we have a specific calling for God's plans. So those four years, God was doing a mighty thing. We just couldn't see it. It was something happening in the spiritual realm. Amen? Amen. I'm convinced that life also happens in a very similar way. See, weeks, months, years, you can spend rebuilding a wall in your life. Perhaps you have a dream or a vision. And the first year or two that you're trying to start that business, you don't see anything happening. But if God told you to plan it, if God is guiding you, he will provide the resources. And after a few years, you begin to see something is happening. I've seen many bamboo trees in the kingdom of God. My eyes have seen many lives changed by the power of God. For those who accepted his seed of salvation and then learned to walk with the Lord, I've seen God rebuild walls in people's lives. I've seen people who were addicted to alcohol and drugs, destroyed every relationship in their family. Their own mother thought they wasn't no good. Because they have burned people at a time when they didn't know the Lord. When they didn't seek his face. When they didn't know about his love. And whatever they was bound to caused them to drink, caused them to steal from their brothers or sisters. They didn't trust them. Family said, don't let them over your house. But that same person in their state of brokenness, I seen them come to the an altar. And I seen God change people's lives, touch people's lives, and rebuild the broken walls in their lives. Today, you may see them praising God, serving, and you will never know what the Lord had done to bring them to that place. That's the business that the Lord is in. He wants to rebuild our walls. But it will take for us to have resilient faith. The Lord put on my heart this morning, it wasn't even in my notes to speak to fathers. There are some men, before you came to Christ, you might have been with another person, but you fathered a child. And you and that woman may not even be together no more. But you don't came to Christ, and God is teaching you how to be a man of God. The child that you have birthed is probably somewhere across the country. That is your seed. Let that child know that you love them, regardless of the relationship that you have with their mother. That don't matter. That child needs to hear from you. Why? Because their walls depend on it. Their identity, their, their self-esteem needs the watering of their father's words. And I want to show you how to implement these principles so that you can restore what the enemy has stolen. First thing you need to do, Dad, is repent. Lord, I didn't know you. I had a child out of wedlock. He's already forgiven you. But repent. God, I know that that's my seed. And I have a responsibility to be a part of that child's life in some way. God, I'm willing to take up that cross and reconnect with my child. After you repent, you go to a time of intercessory prayer. God, I'm going to need your help in your favor. When that lady hears my name, she cringes. She don't care to look at me. In fact, she keeps me from trying to get in touch with that child. Pray that God would move on that person's heart. And it may not just be one prayer and then you make one attempt. Don't walk away and say, well, she don't want to hear anything from me. I'm just going to go and buy my business. No. Have resilient faith. You're doing it to please God and you're doing it for your child. Ask God to help you. And then write a letter to that mother as well as to that child let them know that I'm a new man today I made some mistakes that I deeply regret but God is helping me I have not been around in your life but I want to reconnect with you and I'm not saying that you would see the child but you gotta have some kind of relationship with them if all you do is send them a letter let her know Maybe I can't correct the wrongs of my past, but I want to be praying for you every day. See if they will send you the child's report card so you can pray over their school. But the main important point is to let that child know without a shadow of a doubt that their dad is a changed man. That the Lord has come into my life. And I love you. I know I might not have shown it in years past. But I want to show you the love that God has placed in my heart for you. And as you are resilient, you are helping that child rebuild the walls in her life as well as your own. Because that is our responsibility as a man. Amen? We can't look that off. We have to assume responsibility. And it's going to require faith. If we keep watering, if we keep fertilizing the ground, we would have a breakthrough at the proper time. Why? Because it's a part of God's plan for your life. I want to ask the worship team to come. I have a selection that I ask for them to sing today. As they prepare to come, a few moments, I'm going to ask Brother Clarence to come up and close us in a word of prayer. Psalms 1 says this. And I'm reading the Amplified. It says, blessed and fortunate and prosperous and favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Following their advice and their example, nor in the path of sinners, nor sit down to rest in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law and his precepts and his teachings, he habitually meditates day and night. He will be a tree firmly planted and fed by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Its leaves does not wither, and in whom, in whatever he does, he prospers and comes to maturity. God wants the child of God to prosper. He wants our lives to be a bamboo tree. So others can ask, how did you get there? What did God do? See, my mother was that person who was on alcohol and drugs. And those were things that family has said about her. But when God touched and changed her life, people started saying, What's going on at that church you go to? What's going on? Because your life has changed. And people need to see the bamboo trees in our lives. Because we may be the only Bible that people may ever see. And as they see walls in our lives restored, they may not ask you about the word, the message, because they don't understand that yet but the evidence would be so sure that God touched and changed your life. I want to experience that because I remember who you used to be and you don't look like that no more. And God would do it practically and supernaturally. I remember my mom when she was in her broken state, her hair was falling out. She couldn't even take a pearl. But when God got through with her, her hair started growing back. And she started looking healthy and whole again. That's what God wants to do. He wants our lives to be an example. Thank you. God bless you.